You're listening to It's All Dead, a podcast about the music we love and why we love it. I'm Kyle Hawk. Welcome to It's All Dead. Thank you so much for joining us on this uh, little music podcast. I'm Kyle Hawk, editor-in-chief at itsalldead.com, and joining us is our good friend, senior editor at It's All Dead, Kyle Schultz. Kyle, hello. Hello, sir. How are you? Uh, good so far. How are you doing? Not too bad. Happy holidays. Yeah, they are what they are. Yeah. Do you uh, <laughs> believe in the holidays? I enjoy them. Everything's lit up and they're fun. Okay, cool. Do you uh, believe in Christmas lights? I believe in all the Christmas lights. <laughs> you would be ashamed uh, at how many lights I'm currently surrounded by. Dude, I, I don't blame you. Just got to bask in the glow, man. Um, I don't know where I was going with that. Trying to be funny. Really wasn't. But uh, here we are anyway, doing this podcast, the final podcast of 2017, uh, which is really cool. It's been a really successful year for the website and the podcast especially. I mean, just thank you to everybody who came on the podcast this year that made it awesome, uh, that you know was willing to talk with us. And it's just been really fun to watch the audience grow and see so many awesome people come on here to talk about music. It's been it's been a blast from our perspective, and uh, we are happy to wrap things up tonight by talking about the best music of 2017. And, you know, you've probably read a hundred lists by now, these end-of-the-year lists, best albums, best songs. Um, but if you haven't seen ours, go right now to itsalldead.com. We had a lot of fun this year. Not only we do uh, the top albums and songs like we normally do, we also did a new thing, like the best new music, like our favorite music discoveries of the year, which I that was one of my favorites just because I feel like you know, there's so much music that you discover in a year that you're not going to like include on an end of the year list, but you found it and it was fun and it impacted your life. And so this was a way to kind of acknowledge some of that, which I thought was really cool. But uh, anyway, if you want to see some more end of the year stuff, go to itsalldead.com and check it out. Uh, for the purposes of this podcast, kind of like we do every year, we're just going to spend a little bit of time talking about some of the best music of the year in our little opinions. Um, but before we get into that, um, Kyle, what uh, what beverage are you partaking of this evening? I'm currently enjoying a Samuel Adams winter lager. I am too. <laughs> what? And uh, <laughs> I, w- I was prepared because like this is my first year, you know, really into beer. And so I'm going through all the winter beers and it's been really fun. Um, but the Sam Adams winter lager has been one of my favorites and I didn't know if I was like a loser for liking it. Um, <laughs> but now I feel like so much better because somebody else is having it too. That's kind of oh, cool. Well played, sir. That, uh, that warms my heart a little bit. I remember back in the day we'd hang out and, uh, I'd hand you a beer and you would just scoff in my face and <laughs> walk in the opposite direction. I'd be standing there like a drunk, sad and alone. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, I'm right there with you now. And uh, it's, uh, you know, a warm feeling. It says warm and festive is how it's descriptive. So uh, good stuff. Sam Adams, the winter lager <laughs> brought to you by Sam Adams. Uh, no. Anyway. <laughs> Give us money. Right. We should make that work. Uh, let's talk about music. So before we talk about specific albums, I want to say that in our time doing this website, so this we did, we started in 2013. So we've had 13, 14, 15, 16. This is our fifth year wrapping up the year and doing end of the year lists. I want to say that in the time we've been doing this website, 2017 has been the best year for music, in my opinion. What are your thoughts? I I don't know if I totally agree with that. I was really reflecting on it a lot um, the last couple of days, and what really kind of hit me is. 2017 is a lot like 2007. I feel like it's a big transition year for a lot of bands. 
um, a lot of the bands I really like put out spectacular albums. There's a lot of new bands coming out. And there's also quite a few that uh, I really love, but it seems like they're kind of stumbling a little bit or they're trying to find a new path. They're uh, testing the grounds. And for better or worse, you have some weird diversity going off with that, that uh, it, it seems like... You know, 10 years ago, punk was kind of finding its own way again after uh, kind of the music crash in the mid 2000s. And it feels like it's kind of like that again for some bands. Mm. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I, I, I guess the difference for me, if we're talking about just the scene or punk music. Yeah, I, I probably agree with you overall, though. Like I found like anybody that's looked at our end of the year stuff knows. I mean, I, I focused on a lot of different genres. There wasn't a lot of, I guess, scene stuff that made it on. But like you know, even in thinking about it, we expanded the list to uh, 15 albums and songs this year. It still didn't feel enough. And by the way, uh, shout out to Nadia, who has joined our writing staff earlier this year for contributing to the end of the year stuff. I want to make sure that I, uh, you know, point out that uh, she did a really great job contributing for us for the end of the year stuff as well. But <clears throat> so I, I, so I, I guess we're in agreement and disagreement. Um, but that's not to say that there wasn't stuff from the scene that was worthwhile. And I'll, I'll get into that, I guess, when I talk about, uh, you know, the few albums I'm going to talk about this evening. Um, but interesting to hear your perspective there. And I feel like with that, you should kind of kick us off with the the uh, first album you were going to talk about this evening. Well, uh, my first album is actually a person. Um, I, I personally feel the most impressive, one of the most impressive people anyway, in this last year is uh, Davey Havoc from AFI. Mm -hmm. And the reason I say that is... So AFI is notorious for putting out one album every three to four years. And it's it's always a big thing when it happens. It's an event for their fans. And uh, Davey and Jade have been super productive in the last couple of years. Um, they put out Extremist two years ago, I want to say. Last year, they put out a their third Black Audio album, which was the best by far. And then in less than a year after that release... They put out an AFI record, which is one of their better AFI records. And then just a couple months after that, uh, Davey Havoc Side Project with the band members of No Doubt, uh, Dream Car, put out their debut album. And both are just amazing. And for someone who's so private, who uh, takes his time with the things he works on, he put it in the span of a year and two of this year, three amazing albums that are – it's just – He's at the pinnacle of his career. Um, you know, AFI is a weird band. They A lot of their fans uh, sing The Sorrow, which came out 14 years ago, and that's still the highlight of anything that band has ever put out for them. And right. I completely disagree. I feel like uh, a lot of the stuff they've been doing since Crash Love in 2009 is the best of their ability. And it's not often a band puts out, especially, you know, like almost 30 years into their career, they put out a uh, self-title album and AFI, the blood album is one of the few that I feel really represents a band like that. And yeah. uh, dream car for all intents and purposes was not anything that I expected it to be. And especially for Davey Havoc, who really relishes in, you know, the dark persona and gets all uh, sad and emo and emo is a bad term to use for that, but really kind of delves into the darkness of uh, humanity. Dream car is, a really weird, just new wave rock outfit that I didn't see coming, and I loved it. So, and, uh, well, yes. I just want to <laughs> chime in real quick on a couple things. One, you know, if it wasn't for you, I, I would have never even heard of Dream Car. Um, when I was listening to them as we were 
putting the end of the year stuff together, I was so you know, you're aware of Glassjaw. Did you ever listen to Head Automatica? Yes. Okay, that's what I thought of when I listened to Dreamcar. Like that's exactly what it reminded me of. Because when you hear Daryl Palumbo of Glassjaw sing those pop songs for Head Automatica, there's a certain uh, it's definitely delightful, but there's just there's something different about it, something very unique. And so hearing Davy Havoc singing these songs like this, it was just such a an interesting experience. Um, it was really fun to listen to, but it just kind of takes you aback of like, whoa, that's kind of different. He can do something else. <laughs> but I, I will say that I love every time you include. I, I mean, I, anybody that comes to our website or listens to our podcast knows that you're a huge AFI fan by now. I mean. You've you've written extensively about them and, and done really well at that. But I, I love it because the AFI fan sites like absolutely love you. Like I don't even know if we've ever <laughs> talked about this or you're aware. But it's like they're not. just waiting for you to write about AFI so that they can post about it on their respective blogs. And it's really fun because it brings a lot of extra traffic to our website. But, <laughs> well, um, I hope they reach out. I have a, a full-blown effigy of myself that I have willing – I'm willing to part with it so anyone can worship me <laughs> as they please. Yeah, uh, it may come to that. So. <laughs> Cool. Well, uh, I will jump in to mine. And I, you know, I put it at number one. Uh, I've talked about it a lot this year. I mean, I think we even, well, we had one podcast dedicated to it at least. But uh, Kendrick Lamar's Damn uh, was the best album of the year, um, in my opinion, by just about any measure you can take. Um, It's been, you know, it was extremely well received. It's been, I've seen it. I've seen it at number one more often on lists than I've seen it not at number one. I mean, it's pretty pretty well accepted, the excellence of this album. But what's amazing to me is that his last album, Tepemba Butterfly, was pretty much received as one of the great modern rap albums. And now he's one-upped himself again. So this guy has essentially put out you know three you know major label full-length albums. And each time... It's a situation of like, oh, well, he can't top that. Like, this is the best that there is. And then he tops himself again. And it just, it's it's hard to, it's hard to understand because at a certain point, like, I, I expect it to not be as good. And I and I could feel that way about whatever comes next. But at this point, I'm kind of like, look, I just expect for this guy to, to do it. Um, he's clearly staked his name as the best rapper alive. Damn is a really fascinating look inside uh, the mind of somebody dealing with their own fame and celebrity um, while acknowledging their brokenness as a human being. And it's a, it's an incredible album. Um, there really wasn't much in hip hop this year. I mean, I've, there's certainly other rap albums I can talk about from this year, but in terms of something touching damn, uh, it, there really was none. It, it really stands, stands alone at the end of the year. I don't listen to a lot of uh rap and or anything like that but um one of the things i will give to kendrick lamar is he's the only musician i know of that i've seen billboards for uh driving through chicago you'd see billboards for him and just see damn written up on the side of buildings (laughs) and stuff and it was impressive and uh i meant to check him out and i kind of half did so (laughs) (laughs) well hey almost there yeah better than nothing (laughs) what do you got next um it's really hard to kind of narrow things down so i think i'm going to go with a theme of rebuilding for uh my next one and there's a lot of bands that i've loved for years and it seems like there's a theme of kind of coming together to rebuild themselves uh this year first and foremost is lucky boys confusion which are um one of my main loves and they're a very chicago-centric band but they haven't released an actual album in you know 10 years maybe more 
Um, and they broke up for a long time, just played one-off shows around the city, but they finally came back and wrote an album for the first time. And uh, Lucky Boys are a band that a lot of people are very nostalgic about, especially in Chicago. Um, they have an eccentric fan base who sell out almost every show they put out, or at least the ones I've been to. And I don't know if there was a lot of expectation for how the first album they'd put out in over a decade would go, but there's a lot of ways it could go wrong. And at least for me, um, it hit everything I wanted it to be. It just, they push their sound. It tells a story of, you know, coping with loss and reflection and uh, how to build from where they went. And it's a great rock record. And it's just, it really impresses me that these musicians who haven't done much other than just nostalgic shows for nostalgia's sake, uh, came together and really put something together that was amazing. Yeah. Do you have a feel for the pulse of their fan base and how that album was accepted overall? Everything I saw, uh, mostly from the stuff we shared, because, uh, you know, again, Lucky Boy's Confusion, that's another fan and or another band and fan base that really uh, responds well to the stuff you write. And so I see a lot of people, it seems like people generally loved Storm Chasers. Did you get that? feel as well yeah um well what's weird is so they put out a b-side album in 2009 i was at the record release show for that and you know there's a lot of really good songs in there but uh in the shows i've been to since then there's only one song they played from it live and they only play every now and then um and it just it doesn't come up too often most of their shows are very nostalgic based the first two records and since storm chase has come out it's made a major dent in their live shows and each time i've seen them live you know there's people in the audience who already know all the lyrics there's people holding up the physical album and it seems like it's gone over extremely well and it's made its mark in their history yeah that's awesome to hear um it's really cool to see a band like that especially with such a, a large local following and such a history uh come back like that so very cool to to see what they accomplished this year yeah, um, and um, I wanted to make a quick mention on that theme is uh, Newfound Glories Make Me Sick. It's, you know, they're another band that's kind of had to rebuild themselves after losing uh, Steve Klein as a guitarist a few years ago. And they had Resurrection a few years ago, which is a much harder album. And they've come back and really kind of doubled down on their uh, pop sound and made what might be one of the most authentic albums they've put out since Sticks and Stones. And uh, I loved it. I don't know, you know, quite how it's gone over with, uh, you know, their fan base, all things considered, but it seems like they really kind of delve deep into their pop sound, really rediscover themselves. And uh, with the drive through record label as well, you know, the movie Life just put out a new record for the first time since 2002, I think. And um, I was never that big into the movie Life, but I did get the chance to see them live this year and listen to this album. And they're another band that, for being for being gone for so long to rediscover themselves and uh really maintain the same sound that made them uh a staple to the scene when they were and to reflect on that and make it that much deeper and that much uh more solid of a sound is really impressive it's something i never saw i never thought would happen yeah that is a uh you know yeah a couple throwbacks there for sure so cool to see and speaking of making a comeback, uh, I want to talk a little bit about Paramore's After Laughter. And 
this was an album Nadia wrote about for the end of the year list. I I have sung this album's praises all year long. And something I wanted to mention is the, that I thought was interesting is a couple of days ago, I was going through Time Hop like I do every day. And I noticed that a few years ago I tweeted, um, it must have been right when the news of Jeremy Davis leaving Paramore happened. Where I, my my thoughts on it at the time were, you know, after Josh and Zach left Paramore, uh, they came back with their best album of their career. So maybe the band has that in them to again, again to rebound from that kind of situation and come back with a great album. And did they ever? Um, because <laughs> After Laughter is the best album this band has put out. Um, it's definitely their most well received album critically um across the board and it's just beautiful anytime music is going to pose a juxtaposition in terms of its content and uh its sonic delivery i love it um after laughter i think is like a perfect example of that because here's this album reckoning with just a deep depression and and what it's like to just accept not being happy for a time to accept that things are hard and they put this against some of the most synthy poppy eighties inspired, you know, almost shoegaze type music that you'll hear. And the, the result is just fantastic. I mean, from, from start to finish, it's an album that I absolutely love. Um, and you know, who knows what lies ahead for Paramore, but I'm pretty open to anything. I mean, this, this, this band has shown that not only are they able to weather a lot of pretty big storms, uh, and personal turmoil, but continue to evolve, um, from a band that could have just stayed a, a pop punk scene band. I mean, they've risen to a whole nother level and Halo Williams is clearly one of the, one of the great, great artists of our time, in my opinion. Yeah, no, uh, After Laughter is amazing. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Paramore falls into a weird category for me where um, I love every album they put out, but I, for whatever reason, I listen to it nonstop for about a week, and then it's just, it's gone. I I haven't been back to After Laughter for, since it came out, but um, I love it. Like, there's still some songs from it that I uh, sing to myself in my head, but for whatever reason, I just haven't gone back to it, and I, I don't know why I don't have a reason. Yeah, well, I mean, it's... It's it's heavy subject matter, you know. So in that instance, you almost have to be in the right mood to if you if you're gonna sit with it, if you're gonna do more than just have it as background music, you're gonna have to to work through some things while you listen to it, you know. And so mm. that's who knows who knows, Kyle. Uh, <laughs> what's uh what do you got next? Uh, the next one I have up is I want to give a shout out to Rise Against. Um, they Ooh. put out Wolves in June and. Uh, Rise Against is another one of those bands that you have to be in the mood to listen to them. They're political punk. It, they're very good songwriters, but if you're, especially with how heavy politics are these days, if you're just not in the mood, they can be wearisome. Sure. And, um, you know, I, I haven't listened to them for a couple of years. Uh, I think I did a review for The Black Market when it came out two or three years ago, and yep. just they've been on the back burner for me ever since. And, Wolves came out and it really resonated with me, uh, kind of out of nowhere, and it really put me in the mood. I went back and listened to literally their entire discography from start to finish, and uh, I, it's I can't say it's the best Rise Against album, but I will say that for whatever reason, it reignited uh, my love of the band. It reignited my interest in 
you know, their uh, viewpoint and what they want to say. Yeah. I, I tell you, it's been a few years since I've seen them, but they were one of the cleanest bands I've ever seen live, just in terms of, like, you watch them perform, and it sounds like somebody just popped the CD in. Like, yeah. this is a band that just almost feels timeless in their ability to continue to, to crank out really quality music. Yeah, and I, I think what's impressive is, considering the political uh, climate and how vicious this band can actually be, um, Wolves is much more lenient and laid back all things considered it's not as much of a direct hit as it is just you know a shotgun blast in every direction and it's giving uh it's not having any specific attacks on politics it's just it's a reminder to keep vigilant and uh you know just be aware of the situation around you and if you want specifics on you know how mean they can actually be you know go back and listen to their earlier albums yeah uh, yeah, that's really interesting because we're still kind of waiting for the the uh, first big punk album to, you know, kind of address Trump in a real way. So, I, and that honestly, that's what I was expecting from this, especially with the title like Wolves. You're like, oh, they're gonna get all bitey, but uh, they yeah. <laughs> they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> all bitey. <laughs> oh, you're a peach. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Well, from angry punk music to my next album, Julian Baker's Turn Out the Lights, one of the most melancholy soft gentle painful albums you're likely to ever hear um <laughs> i've been a big fan of julian baker for a couple years now um it's been so cool to watch her kind of rise in prominence i mean there were so many great features written about her and her music um and who she is it was just so great to see the way people have embraced her and her music um turn off turn out the lights is it's almost impossible to believe that by her second album she's making music this good and this powerful um again no surprise that i'm such a big fan of it diving deep into uh the idea of depression um in maybe the most real and authentic way that i've ever heard anybody sing about it and i would almost imagine anybody that deals with that anybody that knows somebody that deals with that um, would find this album very familiar um sometimes in ways that hurt and sometimes in ways that uh, provide a little bit of hope as well. Um, I'm so excited to see where Julian Baker goes. Um, you know, she early on got compared to Dashboard Professional a lot, just the, you know, a voice and a guitar. But I think this album showed that the potential for her is is pretty big um, in, in ways that are different than, than Dashboard was, which I think is good. She is really her own individual artist. And it's just exciting to see some of the new elements she incorporated um, and the way that she's able to just, you know, kind of bear her soul on these songs. She isn't really afraid to to touch on things. Um, and I think that's really amazing. I think that's that makes for great art, especially when you're as talented as she is. Um, and I just really hope as many people as possible get to listen to this album because I, I really think it's brilliant. It, you know, it's weird. I had actually never heard of her before. And then... Um around the time of her release, I noticed you started posting a lot about her. I started seeing articles all over the place and uh, she has a massive fan base that I had never seen before. And it really caught me off guard and uh, really pulled me in to listen to her music. Yeah. So she was in Indianapolis two years ago and we were out of town on a vacation when she was in town, which broke both my wife and I's hearts because we, we both love her. I, I really want to see her live because you watch videos of her live performances and it's just silence. Like people just stand there and watch. And I think mm -hmm. to be in that environment and hear those songs in that way would just be haunting. So 
uh, really, Julian, if you're listening, please make another stop through Indianapolis soon. We'd love to see you. Or reach out to Kyle. He has much to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've, I, I, uh, yeah. I've, uh, let's just say that um, there have been efforts made to get her on this podcast, and we'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Um, all right. What, what do you got? Is that, have we, I've got a few honorable mentions. What else do you have? Uh, I wanted to give a quick shout out to Superet, which was possibly my oh, yeah. my biggest find of the year. Um, I <clears throat> saw them open for Dreamcar, and they blew my fucking mind. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it, literally one of the best live bands I'd ever seen. And they had one song out uh, officially, and you know they put out an EP uh, a little later in the year, and I've been listening to it nonstop, but. It doesn't quite capture the magic of their live performance, and I, I really hope that, uh, you know, they they were toying around with their sound when they recorded this, and when they put out a full release, they'll have kind of really gotten things focused and where it needs to be. Um, this band has something really magical and really special behind them, and there's a lot of experimentation. There's a lot of uh, it's very percussion heavy. It it's not going to have any. Um, you know, super heavy subject matter, but it's just, it's fun music and there's a spark behind it that you, you don't see too often, all things considered. And, uh, I, I can't wait to see what this band puts out. Yeah. I'm excited cause you're excited. You've said a lot of really great things about them. So this will be, this will be fun to see what comes of it. Um, you know, a few albums that I kind of wanted to chime in quickly on cause I, I feel like they deserve, uh, some praise, um, one is Kesha's Rainbow, and this is an album that I've seen get some some love here at the end of the year, but not near as much as I I think that it should. Um, if you were to tell me that you know between I don't know Taylor Swift and Kesha that Kesha was going to have the the superior album this year, I mean it would have been hard to believe. But she has gone through so much, and to hear her make an album that is clearly I mean it's a. Uh, <laughs> It's it's unfocused. It's it's all over the place. This is an album made by somebody who had no interest in doing anything other than saying what she wanted to say and doing it the way she wanted to do it. And I think given everything that uh, she has gone through to hear th- this triumphant voice uh, after all of it is just beautiful. I think it's one of the most incredible albums of the year. Um, and if you want to read a really great article on it, my wife actually wrote an article for our website. Just go to it's all dead.com search Kesha. You'll find it there. Um, but this was a fantastic album. Also Paris. I've been talking about this band for several years now, since they, they came out, they put out their, uh, sophomore album. Uh, all we know of heaven, all we need of hell. It's fantastic. Uh, expands on everything from the debut that I hoped it would. Um, and then Vince Staples, um, you know, it, it was easy for him to get overshadowed this year, I guess, because of Kendrick. But dang, Big Fish Theory is an incredible album and a, a huge step forward for him as well. I love I love hip hop that makes me uh, w- want to dance but forces me to stop and think. And uh, <laughs> Vince Staples is that to a T. So, yeah. And, you know, of course, again, we've written about a whole lot more. So you can check all that out at the site. But it's just fun to it's fun to talk about some of the music, I guess. Yeah, um, and like I said earlier, you know, there's a bunch of bands that seem like they're in flux, and uh, there's a f- few bands I'm actually a little disappointed in this year, like uh, All Time Low. Ooh. I know. All Time Low put out uh, Last Young Renegade. 
I ah, yeah. I bought it on the day it came out. I have yet to listen to it all the way through. I can't do it. I literally forgot they put out an album this year until right now. I it there it I I maintain that I like going through and hearing a band progress and I'll have my favorites throughout their career, but it's extremely difficult to enjoy what they're putting out now. And I don't know if that's just uh me being stubborn or if it's uh you know something else, but um, I, I just I can't get into their new music, and I've tried a few times to listen to this album, and I I can't do it. I really don't enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. Um, and I I don't know. I guess it was successful. You know, I mean, yeah. th- this is a big band. They they can kind of do what they want at this point, which is totally cool. Um, but I think for a lot of us, it's safe to say at this point that their career definitely did not turn out the way that we thought it would. No. Um. You know, and all that said, they have got a greatest hits worth of songs that I love um, and a lot of great albums, too. But at this point, uh, yeah, I'm just not sure what there is left for me to be compelled by. Could be wrong. I'm always going to have an open mind for it. But, uh, yeah, I wasn't impressed with the new album either. Yeah, and uh, the other thing I wanted to mention is there is a fascinating development just within the last month or so that uh, I didn't quite know how to write about. So I guess I'll just kind of mention it here real quick, which is that for the first time ever, uh, the Gallagher brothers of Oasis put out back-to-back solo albums within a month of each other. Yeah, that's right. And uh, what's interesting is I am a massive Noel Gallagher fan. I, he's one of my guitar gods. Um, I, I like his voice. I like his singing ability. I enjoy him more than Liam Gallagher, who was the singer of Oasis, which is uh, a, a bit terrible to say, considering how much I love Oasis. But uh, Noel Gallagher is my man, and he put out a trash heap of an album this year. <laughs> oh, no. It's God. I, can't, uh, I hate it. And uh, Liam put his out you know, a month before that, and it's incredible it's a uh, it's weird because liam gallagher doesn't stray too far from the oasis path it sounds like an oasis album that never got recorded but it's it's bold and it stays in the flow of where it needs to be but it's amazing and uh noel for what it's worth has been branching out you know finding his own little path kind of differentiating away from oasis but whoa <laughs> <laughs> it, it's just interesting to see because even with uh a plus five favorability. Oh, it did not stack up. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's that's big. I know how much you love Noel Gallagher. That, that uh, that's rough, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry to hear the bad news. Uh, that's okay. He apparently has a brother who's kind of cool. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you know, this. Uh, it's funny. We've uh, our website and the idea behind it's all dead was to always try to shine a light on the things that we love, try to talk, you know, in a nuanced fashion while still being fans of the music we love. Um, and if you're going to say something, you know, bad, have a good reason for it. You know, with all the end of the year stuff, we've, we've tried to heap praise in all the directions that it's deserved. Um, and, you know, show love to all the music that got us through this year. But, you know, it almost feels unfair to not acknowledge that there was a lot of a lot of shitty stuff 
this year, uh, particularly from the music scene that I guess we our site would be most closely associated with. Yeah. Um, and not just there, but a lot of other places as well. And so um, I, I feel I've, I've been thinking about this a lot. I didn't want to write anything to include in the end of the year stuff to detract or distract from uh, the the good music that we were shining a light on. But I, I do think that it's fair to say that, hey, there's some stuff that our music scene has to deal with. Um, there's some mistakes that we all have to reckon with. Um, and there's a lot of victims that we need to support and lift up and uh, listen to their voices. Yes. That's something I'm going to remember about 2017 just as much as a lot of the good music, unfortunately. But my hope is that um, maybe we can head in the right direction. Maybe the musicians and fans in our scene are willing to listen to voices that have been marginalized. Um, and if so, then hopefully we can make some real progress. So just wanted to throw that out there um, as we wrap up the year. But to end on a positive note, um, it has been a great year doing this website. And, you know, Kyle, we started this, you know, kind of just flying by the seat of our pants and just figuring it out and to think that uh, we have all, there's so many of you listening uh, that come back to our website every day, that download our podcasts each time we put them out, that, you know, share our tweets, that interact with us online. Um, and we're extremely grateful to everybody that would still come to this website, still listen to this podcast, and uh, care what we have to say. So thank you to everybody for an, an incredible year for our website and just for being so supportive of what we're trying to do here. It really, really means a lot. So thanks. <laughs> thank you. All right. Well, uh, I guess that'll do it. We will be back at the start of the year with uh, some fun uh, stuff about what we're anticipating in the year 2018. You know, 2017 was great. 2018 could potentially be even better, hopefully, in many ways, but <laughs> also some good music as well. So we will look forward to that. Um, until then, everybody, enjoy the holidays. Stay safe, and we'll catch you next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to the It's All Dead podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Then visit us at itsalldead.com for the latest music news, reviews, and much more.